Welcome, Faith family, to our uh, panel discussion on today's sermon. Um, let's just jump into it because we've got several things that uh, we've got a lot of different areas that we can go into. Uh, Kent, I'm going to start with you on this. Um, the first point that uh, Kyle made today was God completes what he begins. Mm. I took that from verse 6. What does that mean to and for you personally? So personally, it, it speaks just volumes about the grace of God and salvation. One of the comments that Kyle made is that God knew my past sin before he began a good work of salvation in me. And so, you know, from eternity past, um, God has called people to come into this relationship with his son through faith, regardless of all of the sins that we did. So recognizing that fact, it just gives me such encouragement that my salvation is not dependent upon me you know, checking the right religious blocks. My salvation is dependent upon the blood of Christ and the fact that he died to atone for my sins mm -hmm. and that he has imputed his righteousness on my behalf. So when, when God sees sinful Kent, whatever stupid decisions I make this week, he's not seeing me. He's seeing his perfect son who died in my place. So that just gives me hope. Um, it gives me more confidence to want to draw near to Christ and to know my Savior and to, to want to serve my Savior who has died for me. Yes. Yeah, when I, when I think just about the, the overall context of Paul bringing the gospel to uh, this church and then him saying this, that God, is, God has started this and then he's going to complete it, um, it's just the ongoing declaration of the good news of the gospel in, in, in my own life. And uh, one, of the, one of my favorite pastors, Tim Keller, um, he, he said that one, of the, one part of the gospels, it's, it's hard to believe, not because, you know, oh, I can't believe I'm that bad, but it's when you realize how bad you are, yeah. it's, it's almost too good to be true mm. because it is so good. Right. That it's not just a, hey, now you know, now the Spirit's opened your eyes, now you know everything that you need for life and salvation and godliness. But it's also like, you, but you are still going to sin in God's grace. You know, we, we sing it this morning, we, we sing the song, Often Enough, His Mercy is More. Yeah. And I think that's just such an awesome summary of God's uh, completing work in, in our lives and in my life. And speaking of the songs in particular, that He Will Hold Me Fast that Matthew yeah. picked today. Mm -hmm. that, man, that just, I weep. Yeah. Because I know that there's nothing, I didn't do anything to deserve it. There is nothing that I can do to lose my salvation. Right. And so this, uh, this gives me assurance. Yes. Uh, this is a, like uh, it was pointed out. So, all right. Um, second truth was that God gifts this gospel to me that you might defend it or that I might defend it and proclaim it. That is a very unique word that he used, uh, specifically gifts, because there are times in my life um, it has been more of a, I'll be very honest, more of a, I hate to say drudgery, but sometimes maybe a drudgery to share the gospel because I don't feel comfortable or I don't really know this person or whatever. How does gift, the word gift itself, kind of cha change the whole process of evangelism? If, if you re really believe that it's a gift, how does it change the process of evangelism for you? Hmm. 
So I would I would say that um, it's just I mean it's like what, what Jesus did when he came on the scene. The gospel of of God's kingdom is an upside down kind of yeah. gospel, and and I think for the Christian to step into biblical thoughts and biblical patterns and biblical paradigms, it, it is looking at things the, at a different angle. So. As, as a believer who's still just, I struggle and like, I'm, I'm a chaplain. I really enjoy getting to share the gospel. And, but there are also days where I'm like, I really need to do all this yeah. administrative work. Yeah. And I have deadlines and I have, I have tasks that I have to complete. And then somebody comes in, you know, off, off the streets as, as it were, you know. Um, that, that almost is actually, when I'm, when I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm never gonna let the person know, like, man, this is one of the most inconvenient times ever. Mm-hmm. But that's actually a signal for me. The gospel is, it's an upside down kind of a life. Yeah. And, it, and this is a gift because God cares more about that soul mm. than I could possibly care about my administrative work exactly. <laughs> at, at the time. And uh, so, so I, I think that whenever there is that, because it is, it is a duty. We're commanded by right. Christ mm-hmm. right. to bring the gospel. Um, uh, one, one of John Piper's little short books is The Dangerous Duty of Delight. Yeah. Hmm. But, it, but it is. It's, it's a delight to then, after sharing the gospel, I'm like, I'm so glad that that, that is what I did. Yeah. And, it's, and it's just incredible. And, and even, I mean, this might sound strange, maybe for some people that have, uh, uh, if you're listening and you're not, not a believer, and so you've never shared the gospel, or if you did, it was on accident, right? Uh, it, it is it is a it is a thrill. It is a gift. Yeah. It's an awesome uh, experience to know that God could use the the just garbled, messed up words that I try to communicate yeah. to alter someone's life by a spirit. Yeah. Mm. Very good. One of the things that I think that um, we can identify about human nature and human tendency is that we we talk about the things that we love. And you go into the workplace or a water cooler conversation and you're going to hear people talking about their kids, about their favorite sports team, about their favorite car. I used to be a gearhead. I used to like building (laughs) motorcycles and hot rod cars. So I'd always talk about that. That was something I loved to do. Mm -hmm. You open up that conversation, I can talk all day about it. So humans tend to talk about the things that we love. And I think that we have to recognize that in sharing the gospel, we're talking about our Savior. And, and if you love your, your Savior who died on the cross for you, you're going to want to talk about him. And as soon as there is an opening or an opportunity, it's almost like, here you go. It's like the floodgates are opening because it's an outflow of, of the love that he had for me that I'm then sharing with somebody else. So as I think about this you know, process of evangelism as being a gift, I have to reflect upon the fact that the, the most joyful day in my life was the day that I was saved. And the second most joyful days in my life are days that I'm a part of somebody else coming to saving faith in Christ. That is just so encouraging to me to have the opportunity to share the gospel. And it it helps to strengthen my faith when I see somebody get saved, when I see the gospel go forward. And whether or not they believe, it's not upon me, it's upon God. But I still am trying to be obedient and faithfully share the gospel. It's just an encouragement, it's a delight that God has allowed us to take this gospel to the world um, to proclaim his name. So it, it is a gift, and I just have to remember that. It's not just you know, this obligation or a compulsory yeah. duty that 
Um, we should love our Savior enough that doing it should be joyful. And to go back to the way I kind of started this conversation, when it is a drudgery, that is a, that is a good sign of, of where my heart is. Yeah. Mm. Instead of wanting to tell people about my king. Do you know my king? You know, that yeah. should be, um, I mean, why would I want to keep that? Yeah. Uh, mm. So. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, when Jesus said, you know, the, the, the two commandments are to love the Lord your God and then to love your neighbor as yourself. And if you love your God, you're going to want to talk about him. And if you love your neighbor, you're going to want to tell your neighbor about this God that saved you. Absolutely. So, yeah. 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 Um, the truth number three, at salvation, God gives us new yearnings and new affections. In fact, he gave a, a warning uh, that if you have the same old affections, there's a high probability that you are not, you have not been born again. Right, right. So what are, what are, how have your yearnings and affections changed, Kent? <laughs> have they changed and, and what are, what's the difference pre and post? So I can kind of r relate to Saul's conversion experience, you know, like when he mentioned he was a, a first century mobster and murderer, and now he's a Christian. <laughs> you know? I'm like, you know, that was me. If I could have killed people with the words I said about them, then I would have been an absolute murderer. You know, I was a very proud man, an arrogant man, a man that um, had so many possessions. Uh, you know, I, I gained my value in life by how many cars and motorcycles I had in the garage. And so um, I, I just was... I was a wretch. I was a wretched sinner that was, you know, dead in my trespasses and sins and all of my lusts and, and, and passions about everything in this world. And when Christ made me new, it was like instantaneously my language cleaned up. The words that I used to use, the things that I would talk about, just he, he began to just rip them out of my vocabulary. My lust after looking at, at other women, he's like, hey, that's not going to happen. You know, just I, I begin to kind of frame it like that could be your sister. And then so God gave me little tools to help keep my eyes clean that, you know, he called me to live a, a righteous life for his praise, for his, for his glory, for his name's sake. And uh, so, you know, my passions changed from studying everything I could to know about cars and motorcycles to studying everything I could about my Savior and then gave me that internal desire and passion to teach, to teach the gospel. So, I mean, it is just amazing. It is a night and day difference. My, my salvation almost like crystal clearly parallels Paul's. It was that radical. Took the the old interest and made them new. Made them made new, them. yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. So my my story testimony is different in in that, um, and what I know of a lot of a lot of us kids that grew up in a church. Yeah. You kind of grew up in a you grew up in a good setting, good environment, and for what whatever reason you didn't get into as much junk as other people did, and. And uh, yeah, and um, I remember going to like youth retreats and the, the guest speaker be like, guys, I used to do, you know, and you just list off all these things and we're like jaw dropped, like, oh my goodness. And, and then the way that they talked about it, sometimes I'm like, it sounds like you still like, like relish in that. How, in, in, um, I was like, man, I, I, don't, I don't have that. Like that didn't, that didn't work. Like that, that's not my life. Like I just didn't have opportunity to do that. Um, but the Lord in, in his mercy, when I, like at the end of the day and I ask questions like, do I actually, do I actually want to pursue the Lord and love the Lord? And there's just something I would say inescapable about it. Um, there, there's something that I can't 
get past even even in times where I am I'm just like oh I'm I'm not feeling it today I don't like I I do and I don't want to pray mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a Lord I believe help my unbelief yeah and um, that and and I've seen that yearning remain constant and and grow but it's hard it can be hard to it can be hard to track I think that's why when a you know it's not an explicit um, uh, Christian discipline, but uh, Paul Paul does this a little bit. He talks about kind of his his list of things that he's experienced, like the shipwrecks, the the beatings, and things like journaling. I think especially for Christians that don't have as just crystal clear cut mm-hmm. salvation experiences, and maybe you know maybe they're like, well, when, when did I get saved? It's I think it's helpful to just journal along. There are things that I look back, even when I wrote in seminary, and I was like. Wow, that was like, I don't, I don't even know what kind of mindset I had then, you know? And they're just subtle, gradual changes that the Lord is working in his, uh, by his spirit. So, um, so sometimes it feels, maybe it just feels muddled. But then when I take a step back, then it's like, okay, no, the Lord is, he's working in my heart, in my life. And it's, and some of it maybe it's, it's it is subtle because, because it's not of my own doing. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and I think the Lord just does, he does both. He does the, like the radical night and day, like, yeah. like very obvious. And then the more, the more subtle. So. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I, I identify probably more uh, on this area, but one of the things that may be a little different is this gives me assurance of salvation. If, if you are claimed, uh, if you are saved as a child, you, you haven't lived life. And, it, and it's hard to see a before and after, right, right. per se. But let me tell you what you can do. Even as a believer that, uh, because we're told to test our salvation constantly, to know truly are we saved or are we deceived? And to ask myself constantly, are my affections different? Do I have a real affection? for Jesus Christ, mm. the biblical Jesus Christ, not mm-hmm. the, the Christ of my making or, or whatever, but the biblical uh, Jesus Christ. So it is something uh, that uh, e- even if you've been saved as a, as a small child and you didn't see that before, or you grew up in church or all those things, I think it's still important to test ourselves and see, have my affection changed? Am I yearning? Do I yearn to, to know Christ? Do I know, do I yearn to be in the uh, presence of God? Yes. Uh, you know, um, so. Something that's interesting, you know, I, I had a good friend that was saved at a very young age, and he was influential in Mary's salvation just by his testimony. And mm-hmm. she's like, you know, I, I, I claim to be a Christian, but he has something different that I don't have. And just because of his testimony and his witness as being a friend to us, she started reading scripture and ended up getting saved. Mm. So, you know, somebody that has lived a relatively benign life, hasn't, you know, done the same sins that I have, God can still use that person as a gospel witness wherever, yes. wherever he places them. And I think about this quote from Charles Spurgeon. He said, oh, how I long to forget those things that at one time I wish that I knew. Mm. And so, you know, the, the longer that you're in your sin, you're going to have a lot of baggage that you're going to deal with the rest of your life once you come to conversion. So the goal is, is to get them saved young. Yeah. Yes. So, so you're, so you're Absolutely. not dealing with all of the junk of, of those years of sins that you've had to deal with. Yeah. Because yeah. while you may be set right with the Lord, the, 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 that sin baggage follows yeah, you every day. That's a yeah. very good point. So his last point 
was, and he did pretty much a, a sub-sermon, a mini-sermon yeah, along yeah. with uh, number four, and we could spend for a long time in that. But God calls you to love and pray for your local church. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with you. Did, did he really mean that? <laughs> and, and if he does really mean that, how, how practically do we, do we do that? I don't have five hours a day to be in, in dedicated prayer. At least I can convince myself maybe of that. But I, did he really mean it? And how do we do it? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great question. I mean, I think it's just such a wonderful example that Paul gives to us, right? It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more. Lord, we, we ask that faith family's love would abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that so that faith family would approve what is excellent and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ and that we would be filled with the fruit of righteousness that, that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So like, what, what like, did you just do? Yeah, just you prayed, prayed for yeah. the local church. And you prayed yes. the scripture of Paul. Yes, and I think, yeah, if, you, if, there's, if you're just like, where do we even start? I mean, that, this is great. Right, right here. We're, the, every, every Sunday, we're focusing on one specific text, and this is the text. This is a great prayer to pray th- this week. And if you know, like, one other person that goes to faith family, pray for them and pray this, pray this first. And I, I think that's just that's an excellent launching pad. And uh, we were talking before, and I'll, I'll let Ken, because I, I think we have some, he has some good suggestions as well. But just, just that. It's 10 seconds, right? Yeah. Just pray, thank the, thank the Lord for the church, and then pray that we grow in our, in our love for one another. Yeah. So, you know, praying for the local church, I, I think that kind of framing on our, that God gives us the gift of bringing this gospel, he does that on an individual level, but also on a corporate level. And I think that we have to recognize that faith family is here in Oak Grove, mm-hmm to accomplish God's will in the community here in Hopkinsville and in Clarksville and in Fort Campbell. And every single person that comes here that's a part of this church is essentially a missionary in whatever community they live in, whatever community they work in. So absolutely, we, we, we should have that mindset of praying for each other. I know personally, I, I do it for my small group. And, and I think as I was reflecting upon this, this, this lesson, I was kind of convicted that I need to open up my aperture and be more deliberate to pray for every single member in Faith Family Church by name. Now, I don't have enough time to do that every day and perhaps not even every week because we're all very, very busy, but I think there's some good disciplines that we can get the membership role and go through every person. I mean, once once per month, just go through alphabetically until you do it, and then you're going to start to gain some affections and love for people that you, you may not personally know. They may be in a different small group. But ultimately, what we want to see is we want to see the gospel launch from Faith Family Church and to reach out into whatever corner our members are currently living in and working in um, that God has placed us. You know, as as the, I guess, the newest member up here, I don't know, I can't place names even with faces yet, but I can pray the scripture uh, for that vision that I have today of the people that were here in that third or third service, second service. And uh, I may not know their names, but I can do that. And I can work myself to the fact that I can get that list and do that. But so it's not a suggestion that we pray. It is a command to pray for our uh, soul. Faith family, I appreciate you watching uh, today. And let me just leave you with this challenge. Pray scripture 
for your church body. The local uh, church here at Faith Family, let's lift each other up in prayer. Let's lift our elders up, our, our pastors up, and let's see the good things that God will do. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this resource of Faith Family Church. We gather on Sundays at 495 Hugh Hunter Road in Oak Grove, Kentucky, and are a short drive from Fort Campbell and Hopkinsville, Kentucky, as well as Clarksville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website, myfaithfamilychurch.com.